This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which airs live every Tuesday evening from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by Big Papa Smokers. Big Papa is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, and everything that you need to make a world-class pit out of a 55-gallon drum. Visit them at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and pits as well. You can visit them at thebbqguru.com. And by Cookshack, a leader in pellet and electric style cookers. Visit them for specials online at cookshack.com or call them at 800-423-0698. And by Sucklebusters. Sucklebusters products are preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the USA, introduced first products to Barbecue Central over seven years ago. You can get in contact with them at sucklebusters.com, like them on their Facebook fan page, Sucklebusters, or visit thetexasbbqforum.com. Check them out and see why Sucklebusters means busting with flavor. And by Stephen DeFranco Jeweler, the official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700. And by Butcher Barbecue, makers of injections, sauces, and rubs. Find them online at butcherbbq.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, a leader in the pellet grill market. You can find out more about their cookers by visiting greenmountaingrills.com. And by CookinPellets.com, a maker of high-quality pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit them at CookinPellets.com, or you can find them at Amazon.com as well. Hi, I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report radio show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah. Rub that meat. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Let's try this again. All right. Good evening and welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rampey. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening if you want to jump in on the show tonight. More than happy to have you with phone call 216-220-0966. It is also an email, if you want to do it that way, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening, in case you didn't get the newsletter that came out about 4 o'clock this afternoon. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now... 
second Tuesday guest of each and every month, creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth, and friend of mine, Meathead Goldwood, joining us on the show. He will also stay through 935 as well. And then we'll move to the second hour coming up in the second hour. At 1014, he's been on the show before. He took a grand championship this past weekend at Wildemar, California. He'll recap the weekend as well as give us some insight as to what he has been up to since he has been on the show last. Matt Dalton of Left Coast Q on board. That's right. And helping me close the show out tonight, we uh, kind of keep it out west-ish, if you will. Sam's Club local qualifying event champ out of Salt Lake City. Roger and Rod Livingston, the R&R Barbecue team in uh, 10.35 Eastern. So there you have it. Meathead, Matt Dalton, Roger and Rod Livingston. Your calls and emails and so forth, 216-220-0966. Email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Hey, right now, if you're watching the show, do me a solid, if you will, and make sure that... You make a tweet or a Facebook post or something along the lines of a social media outlet that the show is on the air. A couple different websites you want to send folks to. The main website for audio streams and so forth is thebbqcentralshow.com, as you see right there in the lower third. You can send them to the longtime video syndication partner of the show, outdoorcookingchannel.com. If you have Roku or something along those lines, Please feel free to send them over to the App Store at their respective Internet Protocol television outlet store or App Store, whatever you call it. Search for the Outdoor Cooking Channel app if they have it. Download it. And you can get not only the live stream of Outdoor Cooking Channel, where you can see the show each and every Tuesday between 9 and 11. You also have party and access to all of the archive shows that Kevin Bevington from Outdoor Cooking Channel has as well. You can subscribe to this show audibly through iTunes for all those replays. I have the YouTube channel. I have the Outdoor Cooking Channel, as I just mentioned, as well for video replays. Of course, the main clearinghouse for any and all replays of the show, both video and audio, my site, thebbqcentralshow.com, so there's never any reason that you should miss anything on this show ever, especially like a show tonight where we have stuff covering a bunch of different varieties of the industry, competition, uh, meats and salts and sugars and so forth. Special mention to Dave Bosca of Butcher Barbecue on his GC this past week in Cedar Park, Texas. David! Go back through, you know, good finish overall. Great, consistent category finishes. Wins the whole damn thing with a 675.9. So let's just call it a 676 for fun. So way to go, David. Uh, Proving, here's what I like most importantly. You know, Dave has been a longtime sponsor of this show. Unabashedly, I'm a fan of his products. However, it is great to see a guy who is out there doing the circuit, has been successful and has won for as many years as he has, and he's using products that he sells to the general public, you know, in competition. So it's not... You know, he's doing one thing on the competition trail, and he's doing something else when it comes down to brass tacks. Dave is a guy that tries the products, tried and true, in competition, and then well, we'll release them to the general public as well, like me. 
and I can use them in my backyard, as I did this past weekend uh, with the grilling oils and the ribs and so forth, which I'll uh, talk to you a little bit more about in the read when we get to Dave's stuff. So congratulations to Dave on yet another grand championship and uh, uh, continued success uh, wherever the next contest takes you, sir. A couple things here before we get off to Meathead. Uh, First and foremost, please... As I asked you last week, I'm going through bits and pieces of my audio and uh, video chain here. See if there's the hot and cold audio situation like we had last week. This year, I'm not going through my compressor limiter gate. So if you hear any background noise, I apologize. But the machine that typically will duck that or take that out, I don't have in. So I can then either uh, cause the diagnose that as a root cause of my hot and cold audio or I can say it's okay and we can plug it back in and next week it'll be back up and running again. Uh, I only have two pieces left. If this doesn't fix it, it's uh, either the mixer or my computer, both high-ticket items. Of course, you know that's going to be what it is. Also, I can see on my end that my video is jumpy tonight. I have no explanation on why my video is jumpy tonight. and I've changed nothing on the video side of things. So uh, bear with that, and uh, hopefully that rectifies itself uh, before next show. Of course, what am I always telling you people? What am I always telling you people? If you're going to have a barbecue, especially a family barbecue, keep the barbecue forks away from the general consuming public. Can we please? Is that possible? I mean, nobody ever wants to listen to me, but I'm telling you right from the Salt Lake Tribune, okay? This is the stlrib.com, S-T-L-R-I-B.com. It's a uh, news website, St. Louis, I'm guessing. A jury Thursday found a 42-year-old West Valley City woman guilty of both first-degree felony murder and second-degree felony obstruction of justice. Thu Hung Thi Win, that's her name, Thu Hung Thi Win, was accused of fatally stabbing the father of her infant child in the midst of a 2014 Labor Day barbecue. A third district court jury deliberated her fate for a mere six hours, beginning at about 3 p.m., following her three-day trial. Wynn will be sentenced uh, this coming May for the 2014 death of a 44-year-old Ty Lee. She faces up to life in prison when she is sentenced by a judge. According to witness testimony, the couple had been fighting for hours when Wynn went to the kitchen and got a barbecue fork. Lee allegedly challenged Wynn to stab him, and she did just that. According to the testimony, <laughs> Wynn, who testified Thursday morning through an interpreter, gave a different story. I took the barbecue fork in the kitchen. I went to the living room. I was holding the fork just like this, and somebody pushed me and grabbed my arm. She, of course, loves this guy that is now dead because what's not to love about a guy that you hated who's now dead? Nothing. It's great. Things have worked out as planned, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Look, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Barbecue forks are not only are not only implements of a 
barbecue or a grill. Great for getting large meats off the grill and off the cooker or whatever. But you leave that thing laying around. You get cocktails thrown into people. You get to bickering about what argue, uh, what barbecue region is better than the next. And all of a sudden, you wind up with a barbecue fork stabbed in your throat. Uh-oh. And as they say, you wake up dead. So, let it be warned. You know, if you're going to keep the barbecue fork, you know, stick the corks on the end of the barbecue fork. That might give you a fighting chance, maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. All right, folks, before we get to Meathead Goldwyn, let me talk to you about Suckle Buster's award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, chili kits, and Texas gunpowder, preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% U.S.-made products have won hundreds of industry awards, including two first place two years in a row at the American Royal Barbecue Sauce Contest, the World Series of Barbecue Competitions. New to Suckle Buster's, honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce. That's right. Based on Suckle Buster's award-winning honey barbecue sauce, thin is a. I'm sorry, thin. This is a thin barbecue glaze and finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. It's super sweet, not spicy, and it is super red. They use a special American paprika for the bright red color. Brush it on over the last five to ten minutes of cooking. It leaves a glossy red sheen, and the meat. Add an extra layer of sweet flavor for those judges to savor and evaluate for high scores. Take your competition ribs and chicken, as they say, to a whole nother level. That's N-U-T-H-A, whole nother level of a game. Available at local barbecue stores or online at sucklebusters.com. As we've done here in the last number of weeks, if you would like to try yourself a free bottle, of the Suckle Busters Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. Email me right now in the subject line. Put Stab Barbecue Fork. Stab Barbecue Fork in the subject line. And first one in gets a bottle of the new Suckle Busters Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. You can try it out for yourself. Uh, I just reheated some chicken that I put on the grill the other day. And some leftover ribs. And I hit it up with some of this... Honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce. I gotta say, super sweet for sure, but not in a fake way. So if you're gonna go super sweet, you gotta be kind of a real or authentic with the sweetness, not like a bunch of sugar crystals all up in the mix. You don't want that. This is good. You might want to try it out. Something you want to throw into the mix. First one in with barbecue. What did I say? Barbecue neck stab or something like that. In the subject line, you can win a bottle of the Suckle Busters Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce, SuckleBusters.com. That's SuckleBusters.com. We are back with one of the first two segments with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right. Welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by Sam's Club. National Barbecue Tour, 31 cities, half a million in cash to be won. The next stop on the tour is uh, this Saturday, the 18th. This is a local qualifying event. That will feed into the Las Vegas-Nevada Regional Final. That takes place on April 25th, by the way. Find out more about Sam's Club Barbecue Series. Check results or to register your team to compete because you still can. You can visit kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. Great to have Sam's Club back on board with the show all right you see him here each and every second tuesday of the month creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website and perhaps we are looking to take sail with our next guest it's meathead goldwin ladies and gentlemen hi captain rimpy stargy worthy me matey thanks for joining me show How's the barbecue rock star from the rock and roll city? Ah, the swabbies are doing great. I got them rubbing the deck. Look at our beards. We're going to be talking about salt tonight. Let's go rape and pillage and plunder. That's right. Let's get some. Well, okay, that was great. Is it National Pirate Day? Somebody would have thought we rehearsed that. I know, we didn't. We're just, see, that's what happens when true talent shines through me, Ted. Ah, that's a couple of idiots. Hey, well, you say idiot, I say uh, true talent, but whatever. Uh, All right, Meathead. Good to see you, Greg. You too as well, Meathead. Um, what? I, I've done a number of stories recently, Meathead, before we get into the yeah. uh, to the salt of the subject. Oh. Um, with people assaulting loved ones at barbecues with barbecue forks. I mean, low they have had kind of a, a bad... People look down, the true barbecue people look down at them because you're stabbing meat and it's not good to stab. And so I think the barbecue fork has taken a little in its day over the last yeah, number of years. Yeah. But now there are people waking up with them in their necks and in their <laughs> own ribs instead of spare ribs. Maybe we, is this something that the FDA might be looking to outlaw next? Maybe we need to start a movement, you know, tongues and thongs. <laughs> Tongs like and thongs, yeah! <laughs> Fundraiser, Barbecue Central, my house. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, with all, obviously they're deadly weapons, but, you know, the fact is a lot of folks use um, pigtails. Hello? Uh-oh. Oh, no. This could be me. I'm showing no internet connection. Anybody there? Is everybody there? Hello! Meathead Gow! Meathead Gow. All right, sir. No, I see. Everybody hear me? I want to make sure. Let me reload here. This could be a Meathead situation. Although I am showing that my uh, internet is uh, dropped, so I'm going to continue at this point. You know, it never fails, right, when you are right in the meat head of the conversation. The Internet connection dies. Ah! I mean, how can I not have Internet? Internet show, doing Internet stuff. 
Here we are. Yeah, this is me. I just got uh, red, the, the red news, if you will. Nobody wants the red news. Well, I'll just answer a couple uh, text messages here while we get the uh, Internet back up again. All right, everybody. Everybody uh, refresh. We should be back up and running. Oh, great. Now my Skype is down. Oh, sweet Mary Lorraine. Does anybody have me yet? Are we okay, Betsy? All right, and it appears, friends, neighbors, we are back up. Well, that's what happens. You, this is what I say. You have a Internet-based show that is dependent on the Internet, and these are things that happen. Oh, that. For instance, when the Internet goes away, you don't have much of a show left. All right, let's try and get Meathead Goldwyn back up here. Stay with me. Stand by the uh, audio stream. All right. Meathead. Yeah. Here we go. Internet crapped out on me here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. We're getting ready. Uh, We're conserving bandwidth for the big playoff push here for the Cavaliers. All right. We got to tell everybody to refresh. I've been chatting with them. And the... the Oh, you, you're listening to the show somewhere, too. Kill it. All right, I just turned it off. Yeah. And when I refreshed, that came there back on. All right. All right. Let me just show, I'm going to do it. The good news is I paused my audio stream, so anybody listening to the audio archives has no idea what's okay. happening. It's seamless. Seamless perfection. So uh, we were in the middle of um, talking about how we were going to get barbecue, f- wait, thongs and tongs to my house ASAP, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, something we wasn't on the agenda for tonight that I just was reminded of is um, there was a news item. I don't know if you covered it last week or the week before floating around about the EPA funding research to uh, control barbecue smoke. Did you discuss yes, that issue? No, I didn't. But I uh, I did see that, obviously. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. you got to right. be kidding we, me. We exchanged mail on it, I right. recall. And that thing has been going around the internet like fire. It's just hysterical. Um, for everybody who's seen that thing, um, EPA encourages young students to learn about science, and they give them modest grants. In this case, they gave fifteen thousand dollars, which is really chump change. Can't do much science on fifteen grand. Um, but don't tell that to Dr. Blonder. Um, and. Um, <laughs> They uh, they were researching how to keep the particulates from a gas grill, prote- propane grill, down in order to reduce pollution. And somehow that got blown up primarily through, I'm not going to show my political stripes here, but primarily through the panic-stricken government is trying to rule our lives channels. Um, into EPA is going to control barbecue and barbecue smoke, and it's the end of the world as we know it. Whoa. Um, and uh, that was really quite a funny incident. I got so many emails on that one. So let's take it down the rabbit hole here, Meathead. How could mm. the government possibly regulate people cooking in their backyard? Like mandates, uh, grill manufacturers would have to make 
uh, all this special chimney on all cookers. It would have a super heater element on it to do like secondhand <laughs> burn off, like turbo type stuff. I mean, what are we looking at? Well, I mean, it could come to that someday. I don't want to be really totally dismissive of it. But realistically, I think in the priorities list of controlling pollution and other things, um, uh, here in Illinois right now, they're control burning all the prairies. Um, the smoke from one 10-acre control burn where they're burning down the prairies, the, con- the smoke from a forest fire in the mountains in California, um, the smoke from uh, uh, fireplaces, um, gasoline, uh, NASCAR. I mean, there's just so many pollutants out there. Barbecue and grilling has to be pretty far down on the priority list. It may come to that. I mean, if they finally get all those other control sources under control and our air and water are still being ruined, which would not be likely if they get all those other things under control, then they may come after us. But I just cannot imagine under any circumstances, any politician voting for or supporting or proposing or allowing regulation to control our backyard barbecue. No, of course, because uh, most politicians at some point or another in their stumping (laughs) go to a barbecue joint and say how much they love barbecue. Absolutely. That's part of the, you know, it's like kissing babies. You got to go to a barbecue joint. So I just don't know. I mean, there is a segment of our society who is convinced that the government is after everything they own and, uh, and that means they're barbecues. And it was just hysterical. I was getting these terrible emails. It's just not going to happen in our life. At fifteen grand to a bunch of students in UC California, uh, I forget which, Berkeley or Davis or one of them, is just, you know, it's it's just not a real <laughs> And it occurred last summer. The press somehow, oh, I know what it was, Washington. It was, it was one of the politically oriented publications that ran this story and it blew up it took off i think some some state senator in um in missouri of course you know where barbecue barbecue capital right got all agitated about it just not going to happen in our lifetimes meathead goldwyn joining me here on the show amazingribs.com is his website so uh, tonight uh, the the big portion of the topic was going to be that you have taken all the salt out of your rubs because yeah. the salt needs to go on separately, and this is what we're going to kind of pound into tonight. Yeah, the, the, you know, it just came to me. I mean, almost all my brilliant ideas come through Dr. Blonder. You know, everybody thinks I know a lot about barbecue, and it's all I channel Dr. Blonder. Um, but this was one I kind of came to on my own. Um, I, 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 the analogy I make is that salt and spices in a rub are like the gas pedal and brake on your car. They work in concert, but they need to be handled separately. Salt, we know, and I'm, I'm assuming that the audience has read a little bit about this, has perhaps heard me um, or seen it on my website, or it's you know spread around quite a bit. Salt penetrates meat fairly well. Salt is sodium chloride, two little atoms, and they break apart and they create electrical charges and they go working their way to the center of the meat. Sugar is this huge molecule, and garlic is this huge molecule, and all these other, and they just really don't go far into the meat, barely more than an eighth of an inch. 
and we've proven that, and that, that that's pretty well clear. Um, so all the stuff on your in your rub is pretty much a surface treatment, and that's okay because we want surface treatments, and we've even shown that rough surfaces attract and hold more smoke. So we want those rubs on the surface, but we want the salt to get on the surface and get down in there to flavor, season the meat, and salt also helps the protein hang on to moisture. So your meat's going to be more moist. So um, the, the, the theory that I put forth and that I want to argue tonight is that if you formulate all your own rubs at home, and you should because they're not hard to formulate and you can experiment with them, and you can buy your favorite rubs and kind of reverse engineer them, um, get the salt out of your rubs. I mean, when you buy a rub, for crying out loud, sometimes half of the bottle is salt, and you're paying a premium price, and you're just buying salt. Meathead, if and, I could just interrupt just for one sec. Uh, uh, to all of my show sponsors, Meathead yeah. is talking tomfoolery. Disregard. 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 Buy to your heart's it, content. It, Please, gonna, Meathead, it continue. Ta- it would take a courageous manufacturer right. to put out a barbecue rub without salt it would be two or three times the price because the cost of spices and herbs is much more than salt but it makes huge sense for example when you put salt on it's a interior treatment of the meat it gets down into the meat it treats the flavor of the meat holds the moisture and so on the spices are an exterior treatment so on a slab of ribs you need less salt because it doesn't have to penetrate very far than you do on a pork butt where you need more salt. So the other thing is, is that salt takes time to penetrate. So it makes a lot of sense to salt your meats at least a couple of hours, maybe overnight, to give the salt a chance to work its way down in. And then you can throw the spices and herbs on at the end because they're not going very far. And then there's so you can... Add more salt to a thick cut of meat, like a a brisket or a pork shoulder, and less salt to a a, a pork ribs or or or, or um, a beef beef. Um, uh, well, what's a thin cut of beef? Uh, a thin thin steak or something. So you wanna you wanna control it. There's other reasons why why you don't want salt in your rubs. Let's say you want to throw a rub, your favorite barbecue rub, on your Easter ham. Well, that's already heavily salted. Yes, injected. You do not want any more salt on there. Well, but the rub is going to be nice. It's going to add flavor. It's going to help build your crust, build your bark. We love bark. We want, we want, we want the rub, especially the sugars and the other things in our in our in our bark. Um, um, but we don't want salt. So if you keep your rubs salt-free, if you make them yourself, or maybe maybe some of your sponsors and other manufacturers will understand the concept and say, okay, we're putting out salt-free rubs. They're going to cost more, but we have a great blend. And, and, you know, blending rubs is really beyond craft. It's art. And, and, and there's really good blends out there. All right, so let me interrupt just for one second. Yeah. So let's say a, uh, a Dave Bosca, he's a forward thinker when it comes to barbecue products. Oh, or God. A, let, uh, a Sterling. Let's salute to Dave of Bosca. Course, he's, he's a magician. Uh, or let's say a Sterling Ball or, you know, one of these other guys, Suckle Busters. Mm-hmm. You know, let me go down the sponsor line here. Um, 
If they oh. made a blend of just the spices, you say, do they then have to say or, or give some type of a recipe ticket or add a, a side package of salt and say, oh, hey, by the way, don't forget to put the salt on to some degree. And yeah, here are see, some I, variations of how you want to do that or what salt to buy or pink Himalayan salt versus sea salt versus, you know, kosher salt versus table salt. I mean, you know, isn't this where simplicity is uh, reign supreme? Yeah, this is going to be a problem. Huh? Yeah. I mean, there, there, are, there are other reasons, and I can elucidate on them, and we'll talk about them more, but they're really good reasons to separate the two. And it becomes a serious marketing, and, and my phone's going to ring first thing in the morning from Sterling. God, oh, geez, I'm going to hear it. My ears are going to burn off. Um, but it makes sense. I don't know how these rub manufacturers deal with it, but there's not many people who get this. I've been preaching it on my website only for about a year when it, when it dawned on me um, that I have more flexibility. The gas and the brake, they're separate. They work in concert. Salt and the spices, they work in concert. Apply the salt in advance. Vary the amount of salt depending on the thickness of the meat, how far it has to penetrate, and you want it down in there. And then you certainly want to cover the exterior. You, so it, it, it becomes an issue. Um, you know, look at, look at turkey. Uh, it's really hard to get a turkey that hasn't been injected with salt anymore. Um, you don't want to put a poultry rub that's loaded with salt on top of an injected turkey. You're going to get a very salty turkey. Um, I, ju I just think it makes huge sense. So I've taken it out of all my... I have a number of rub recipes on my website. I think they're above average. I don't know if they're great, but, you know, there's some really great rubs out there. I love them. I've tried to steal a few of them by reverse engineering. But it makes sense to just get the two of them separated. And maybe some of your competitors who are looking for an edge get this idea and say, okay, get that salt down right away. And vary the amount um somewhere around a half a teaspoon of kosher salt per pound i think is a good rough number half a teaspoon kosher salt per pound is a good rough number and then the rub depends on the surface area obviously you don't want to coat it so thick that you can't see the meat underneath but then again you might i mean your your blend might have a lot of stuff that you want that's up to you all right, Meathead, hold that thought here just for a second. We're a little bit over, so let's catch up real quick. We'll come back with more uh, uh, salt and spice rub talk here as you are shattering people's very foundations, as you can believe, as, as you are normally uh, ought to do, which is great. Uh, all right, so let's talk to you quickly about none other than Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue, the number one dealer of mac and pellet grills in the world big papa smokers features a wide selection of american-made grills and smokers such as the old hickory ace bp gateway drum smokers even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55 gallon drum big papa smokers also has made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs flavors like sweet money and happy ending their rubs have a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition event including the 2012 and 13 american royal the 12 and 14 Jack, the 13 Kingsford Invitational, the 2014 Livestock and Rodeo held in Houston, also the 2014 King of the Smoker. Don't think that Big Papas can be pigeonholed into just competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known 
that they've been picked up by a national restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. This four of their nine BPS rubs have now been permanently featured on their menu, and amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa also is banded together with fellow California-based rub company called Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is now known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. BPS website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats in Snake River Farms. From the American Kobe beef to the caribou to porks to the double R ranch meats, Big Papa's Meat Locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado, and they're committed to bringing you the best barbecue flavors on the market. For instance, Swamp Boy's Sauce, a fine swine sauce, Granny's Barbecue Sauce. These are the hot new sauces, the new kids on the block, if you will, this barbecue season. They're also creating a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition, barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa has been able to do all of this with only the five years of being in business, turning the competition world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. The website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. We are back with more Meathead Goldwyn in 20 seconds. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 8, uh, 216-220-0966. Greg at com. if you want to jump in tonight. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com joining us. There he is right there in Chicago, Illinois. You know, while we were... In uh, commercial break, there, yep. um, uh, there was some conversation in the chat room that uh, stimulated a, a few thoughts. Of course, there's another way to go about this, and that is inject. Well, that was my thing. So, as you were saying, inject. salt on the bigger cuts of meat and more salt Absolutely. on the. Por- so, I was going to say, is it um, is it wacky to say, hey? What if I just make a salt water solution mm-hmm. and just jam it down in that butt and fill it up? Or that yeah, big now, piece of meat, that whole packer. I don't know what Dave Busca's formulations are and whether there's salt involved in there. But um, generally, you know, brines are in the 4 to 6% range uh, after they filter down in, maybe as little as 2%. Dave might have a real good insight on this. But absolutely, just make up a salt brine. I have a few brine recipes for injection um, that are just basic salt and water um, that work really well. And get that salt down. You want salt in there. Now, the one exception, and this is another reason why you want to leave salt out, is there are people on salt-restricted diets. And if you leave the salt out of the rub and you know you've got somebody coming over with a salt-restricted diet, you can still put a flavorful spice rub on there without putting a lot of salt in there. But the fact is, 
is even if you're on a salt-restricted diet, if you do the math um, in preparing a meat, if you're using, say, a half a teaspoon per pound, which is a good number, that will penetrate and season throughout. Half a teaspoon pound, when you do the amount recommended, how many milligrams per day, it's way below your limit. It's like 20% of your daily limit. So it's not a huge amount. It's manageable. Um, there's, a, there's another really interesting aspect to this discussion, and that is the slather. Um, a lot of people in barbecue love to put down a layer of mustard. Do people or... really do people really still do that anymore? I don't know. You I know, thought that I was kind of a fad. That. I don't think people really do that anymore. I don't know. I you know, it's, I, forgive me. I don't hang out at I, a lot of competitions. I don't. I don't either. I don't. I mean, I just don't hear. I, I used to hear about it all the time. The slather, the slather. I know Melissa Cookston was really big on showing that when she was on TV a lot. Um, I I will use um on my beef and well no i'd use it on both beef and pork uh, i use the uh, old worcestershire bath and then i put uh the rub down there and it makes a nice little paste sure uh, and i've and never been a big Carolinas, fan of Carolinas, vinegar is popular yeah dave uh, um, dave bosca goes to a lot of competitions boiled. and he says uh, he says they're still using mustard dave bosca says they're still using okay mustard. Right. yeah i thought so well what's interesting is is mustard is is essentially water-based I mean, there's wine and vinegar, but they're water-based solutions. And salt dissolves in water. It doesn't dissolve in oil. So I've always advocated using oil because a lot of the spices and herbs are oil-soluble. So if you're going to salt, you want to salt first where it hits the surface of the meat. Either you put down your Worcestershire or vinegar or mustard, water-based glue, or just salt it because the moisture comes out of the meat immediately. Yep. It's like, you know, monsters. They come out and they grab the salt and they pull it in. And um, uh, but then if you put a salt, if you put a, an oil base down, and then you sprinkle a salty rub on top, the salt's going to have trouble getting through that oil because mm. it's not oil soluble. Now that oil is going to dissolve the um, oils and the herbs and spices and help them spread around the surface. So what I'm recommending is, is you salt the meat if you want to wet it in some fashion first. Wet it meaning water, either just leave it naked and let the water from the meat, it'll hold the salt, or Worcestershire like you suggested, or mustard or vinegar or something. Something to get the salt dissolved so it gets moving down in. Then you come back a couple hours later or overnight, hit it with your oil and then your spices and herbs, which are going to dissolve in the oil. But remember, dissolving in the oil is just going to pretty much spread them around. Oil on top of a saturated sponge of water, which is what meat is, is not going to penetrate. Oil and water don't mix. Does, does oil decrease the amount of smoke absorption at all? No. No. Um, wet surfaces, oil or water, not to my knowledge, I should say. Nothing I know is factual. Everything I know is thoughtful. Um, um, to my knowledge, water and oil are both going to attract their wet surfaces. And if you think of smoke as two basic halves, little tiny particles and gases. 
they both stick to wet surfaces, water and oil. I don't know whether they stick more to water or oil than the other. Doc Blonder might know, but um, they're going to stick. So a wet surface, which is why I used to say, as everybody does, if you're looking, you ain't cooking, don't open the lid. But actually, spritzing your meat keeps it wet and attracts smoke. So it's actually a very good technique, and as we've talked before, it really doesn't affect the cooking time because it's the temperature of the outside of the meat that cooks the inside of the meat, not the air temperature so much. Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show, AmazingRibs.com, his website. Check it out if you haven't yet, and you're probably one of the only few that haven't stumbled across it in some form or fashion. Uh, Meathead, anything else in regards to the, to the salt and the rub stuff before we get into artisan meats? Ah, well, there were a couple other odds and ends that, you know, um, chefy types often do something called blooming their spices. They will put the spices in a frying pan, either dry or with a little bit of oil, and heat it. And that extracts the oils in the spices and herbs and makes them more potent, more rich. And so that's something to think about. I haven't done much of it with barbecue. But, of course, if you oil the meat and then you put your herbs and spices, put it in a warm oven, it's sort of a blooming process. But it's something to think about. Um, and uh, one of the other topics is there's some debate over whether you should rub a rub or just sprinkle it. And um, the surface of the meat may look smooth, but it's far from smooth. It's jagged. It's got cuts. There's tubes that are open holes of fibers. And if you rub, you will push that spice and herb mix slightly below the surface far better than it will on its own through chemical and physical reactions. So rubbing the surface does push the rub down ever so slightly. And the only other thing I was thinking about is plastic wrap. Every time I wrap my meat in plastic and then I unwrap it, half the rub is on the plastic wrap. I know. I don't understand. What, what's up with people well, doing it? Well, I mean, health laws require you do it in a restaurant because you just can't have bare exposed meat in a restaurant where they could come into contact with vegetables or bare hands or something. But if you're careful and you're working at home, you're in a competition, I just don't wrap it. I just don't wrap it. Maybe it's because it, you know, make the whole refrigerator smell like the rub. Oh, it smells so good. And, you know, so much of we, what we love about barbecue, you walk into a competition and the air, it's just an aphrodisiac. Is there a better smell in the world? No. Than, and, and it's the wood, but the rub and the meat. It's the three of them mixing together, dancing, playing the violin and the bass and the flute all together. It, what a great, what a great sensation. It is, uh, it's romanticism at its height. <laughs> all right. I'm just a romantic. Yeah, of course you are. Um, all right, uh, we got five minutes left here, and I wanted to hit on maybe even just at a, at a high level this point, and maybe we can come at it a little bit more in depth. You know, I've noticed ever since that very first, well, I guess it's like the fourth episode, but, you know, the first Pitmasters where Myron Mixon and Tuffy Stone and <coughs> Harry Sue were traveling to competitions and, 
you know, what is now the gold standard of all these pitmasters that have uh, since been reincarnated, which, by the way, from what I've seen recently in the uh, barbecue media, uh, John Marcus has nothing to do with that shit anymore, and he's despising the show that he has made, by the way, nevertheless. Um, you, Myron Mixon talked about Wagyu brisket, and I got to get this brisket, and all of a sudden it was Wagyu brisket, and it's all the rage, and all of a sudden it's now now it's that, and there's multiple purveyors and or producers of Wagyu. You have the Snake River Farms. You got the Strew Branch. You got this guy and that guy. Uh, you have uh, Caribouda pork. You got Berkshire. You got Compart uh, in the pork portion. Now it's ribs. Uh, I know there's like smart chicken, and I don't know if there's like artisanal chicken yet, but we're probably smart on, chicken. I've never heard of smart yep, chicken. Smart chicken. Um, so I don't know if we're close <laughs> to artisanal chickens yet. But three out of the four. I mean, if you're in competition, <coughs> man, you are laying out some fat, fat. I mean, can I say fat, fat cash, fat cash, fat. Uh, for just three of the four meats, big time money. So now the expense of competing has become even more, and I think you have to got to spend it because you know the guys on the upper echelon are spending it, so you don't want to put yourself at a disadvantage. And perhaps, I went as so far to say last week, that the judges are now becoming perhaps unknowingly partial to the higher-end meats. So now you're triple screwed if you're just a guy like me that would go to Sam's or BJ's or whatever and get your meats. Uh, so do you think and have you found that these – artisan meats are a worth the money and and are they helping are, is this the trend to competition as we know it going forward yes and yes oh um, they yeah um you know the real the one who really wants to speak profoundly on this subject is sterling ball of big papa smokers he has told me and profoundly and accurately i think the barbecue competition is becoming a rich man's sport yes. and ain't that the truth if you can't afford to take off on a Thursday and drive all day Friday and set up tent, pay the entry fees and buy uh, Corabuda pork and Wagyu beef, you're just not going to finish in the money. And even if you do finish in the money, you're barely going to cover your expenses. It's, it's really, it's gone beyond what it originally was. And, you know, I'm not authoritative on the subject. I don't go to many competitions. I don't judge much anymore. I don't compete. But it it's clearly makes huge sense. If I were to compete, I would be going for, at the outset, before I do anything, the finest quality raw materials I can get, which means Wagyu brisket and Korobuda pork and uh, uh, the best freshest chickens I can grab, and so on and so on. And I would get um, Penzi's spices. And, you know, I mean, uh, I would just, you know, load it up because there's, as long as I'm here, I might as well go for the gold. It's just, you know, that's the way it's going to be. Unless, and I think I've heard Sterling talk about this sort of thing, some sort of a competition where you come in, you pay your entry fee, you're handed a Weber Smoky Mountain. You're handed a brisket, a pork shoulder, and a slab of ribs and a half a chicken. And that's all you get. And now go at it, and everybody's on the same grounds. Um, you know, maybe that's the way it could go, it should go, or somebody should do. But you're, you're absolutely, I mean, anybody who's tasted. Wagyu, beef, Wagyu brisket knows 
it's measurably better than standard grocery store brisket. So obviously the uh, the devil's advocate in me. After I make you know one side, I immediately have to go into uh, contradiction mode. In the end, regardless of what you have, can't the guy that knows how to cook the best provide a more succulent and superior product regardless of the purveyor that they are buying? That's important. But so much of the moisture in a brisket, everybody who's cooked brisket, and I think every one of your listeners has, knows that moisture in brisket and in all meats, Somebody in the uh, chat room was asking earlier about my article on resting meat. Resting meat moisture is so much more than the water in the meat. It's the melted collagens. It's the melted fats, the rendered fats. It's also your saliva. I mean, the moisture you get in meat. So brisket in particular, I, I mean, the moment you slice it, it starts drying out. And between the time you put it in your um, clamshell and run it to the turn-in and wait for It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And, it, I mean, it's, it goes fast. Ribs are a different story. Uh, but uh, so, you know, if you can get fat into the... Fat! I was waiting for that. I paused waiting for that. I'm learning you, Greg. That's right. Uh, if you can get fat, fat. those little... Um, Fibers of uh, 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 of striations of marbling down into the brisket. You're adding moisture, and you're, I think, increasing your chances to win. I, it's just really, and, and no matter how well you manage your fire, how good your spice mixes are, it's hard to overcome that succulence of fat. Ah! That's right. Meathead Goldwyn is the creator of AmazingRibs.com. You can find him at that website. And you can find him here every Tuesday, the second of uh, Tuesday of each month. Meathead, as always, the pleasure was mine, and we will see no. you again in May. Always good to be with the Cleveland Cavalier. There he is, Meathead Goldwyn. Ta-ta for now. TTFN, as the kids say these days. Yeah, baby. Uh, so Meathead making claims that the uh, meat is indeed uh, giving people the uh, the upper hand or perhaps a... Leg up on the competition, as it were. Another great uh, two segments with Meathead. And uh, me screwing up a portion of that as well. Sorry. Folks, the longest-running sponsor of the show is the Barbecue Guru, located in Warminster, Pennsylvania. The Barbecue Guru is the creator of automatic temperature control devices. If you're looking into this, why would you look from anybody else that makes these things? These are the creators of the technology. If you're not familiar with how these work, I don't get into the minutiae here on the show, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional like me, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with the kids doing errands and you just don't have the time to set around and tend those pit temps. I get it. The guru allows you to throw on a couple slabs of ribs, a pork butt, a brisket. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. The guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. Number of different models to choose from. Go to the website, check it out, see what's best for you. Maybe you're just looking for that cruise control. You don't need all the, the geek stuff and the multiple cooker use, so forth. 
Yeah, that's fine. You might want to check out the Party Q at 149 bucks for most cookers. The Party Q, the easiest point of entry into the pit temperature control device realm. It's self-contained, runs on AA batteries, can go from cooker to cooker to cooker. It's just your outfit. Now, maybe you're on the other side of that spectrum. You want to run two cookers off of one controller. You want to see the internal temperatures of three or four meat at the same time. Procom 4 Wireless is the one that you actually, it's called the CyberQ Wi-Fi, ladies and gentlemen. Procom 4 Wireless of your 1997, folks. CyberQ Wi-Fi runs off your hotspots. It's zone hotspot. As I said, you can control two cookers, multiple internal temperatures of meat. And if you have it on your smartphone, you have the app on your smartphone or tablet or netbook or laptop. You don't even have to get out of bed and go outside anymore to make the adjustments. Make them right there on your device. You can ramp up the pit temp. You can ramp down the pit temp. You can monitor your temperatures right there. You're all set to go. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to the website, thebbqguru.com. Check out their products if you have any questions about what to order. Call them directly, 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, 800-288-GURU or call 800, I'm sorry, or visit the website, thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. And boy, have we. Sounds level. No variance. All right. Yeah, I know the uh, the the bump back uh, from the, the real professional guy is a little hot, but I can't control. I mean, I can control, but I'm not going to ride the level. Everything else should be all right, I guess, tonight. So uh, keep an ear on that, if you will. I would appreciate that. Maybe I have isolated the culprit of the hot and cold over the last few months. I appreciate your patience getting me through that. Uh, thanks again to Meathead Goldwyn for joining me the last two segments. We will reload for the second hour. Lots to get to there as well. Especially old people lighting barbecues in their homes to stay warm. That doesn't end well. Stick around. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Chad Hayden with Miss Miner's Barbecue's 19th annual Jack Daniels World Barbecue Champion, and this is Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. From 
So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's chick face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Ooh, top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. John Dawson, Kobe Chicken, it's all the rage. Uh, also weighing in, I kid you not, I was at a comp. I told a buddy to claim that he had Kobe Chicken for his People's Choice entry. They believed him. Dude came in like second place. Wow. Kobe Chicken. This chicken comes from Kobe, Japan, along with my beef. Oh, let's see. Just reading a couple emails. Um, No winner on the sauce thing from Sucklebusters, so if you want it, uh, just go ahead and shoot me... A quick email and put in the subject line, BBQ Fork Neck. BBQ Fork Neck, and you can get the Sucklebusters Honey Competition Glaze, taking it to a whole nother level, as they say. All right, uh, still to come on the show tonight, Matt Dalton from Left Coast Q and uh, Roger and Rod Livingston of R&R Barbecue Team to go over their respective wins. The 2015 Sam's Club Series rolled into Salt Lake City, Utah this past weekend. This was a local qualifying event, sending the top six teams to the regional final that will take place in Las Vegas on April 25th, so about two weeks' time. Actually, that'll be a week from this coming Yeah, two weeks. Those six teams moving on, and we will talk to them here in about 23 minutes or 33 minutes. R&R Barbecue Team with a 675 and almost four tenths taking it. Team America Reserve Grand number three show sponsor. Good guy. Big Papa Smokers. Sterling Ball with a 666, almost 669. Phil and Lou BBQ number four. Backdraft Barbecue fifth. And rounding out the sixth place and moving on to the regional final in Las Vegas, Chicken Butt BBQ Utah. So there are your top six going on to the regional finals. Again, in two weeks' time, the points discrepancy from first to six, another fairly large one, about 12 points or so, 11.9 points or so. So uh, R&R having a very good outing. So did Team America, and then uh, dropped off a little bit down uh, third through six. As I mentioned, the next Sam's Club event will be this coming weekend, April 18th. That is in Fort Collins, Colorado. So going up in elevation, as the uh, few have been already so far. So if you're going to be up there, bring a little extra wood, bring a little extra oxygen, and bring all your spices and rubs with you so you can try and get those last six spots going out to the Vegas Regional final that'll be a week after that. Good luck to all those teams competing in Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah. All right, I mentioned it on the way out of the first hour. We were going to talk about it. 
you know, this kind of headline really brings me down in a bad way. Not that you could be down in a good way, I guess. Elderly couple died of carbon monoxide poisoning after lighting a barbecue to warm their house in a power cut. Also, I don't... It's going to sound like I'm coming after England's. I'm not coming after England's. I mean, my England centralites know that I am pro-England's. I love it. I love the music. I love the people. I love the food. All that. I love the fact that they're really into the competition barbecue scene. I don't remember the last time I've done a story on this show in the Americas about elderly couples or moderately elderly or youths lighting their grills inside to keep warm. Okay? So that's number one. I have done roughly four or five stories with these people in the Englands. Do you remember the lady, like was it a year or two ago, the lady that brought, she went outside to bring in the grill into her flat in some part of the U.K., because her dry her clothes dryer broke and she was folding the laundry right she was folding the laundry the dryer broke so how am I, how am i going to dry the laundry well i'll just chase out to the garden and bring in the grill fire it up and we'll see what happens yeah well meanwhile uh as the heat and the gas that you can't see or taste is floating up into the rest of the house kids and adults are napping yeah, well, they almost die from carbon monoxide poison. Yeah, well, no kidding. You're inside. As luck were to have it, or not luck, this couple in England, Patrick and Marianne Charles, lit the barbecue as their heat was cut off. Grandparents choked on carbon monoxide fumes in their conservatory. The couple, 78 and 74 years old, respectively, lay deceased and otherwise expired for 16 days before they were found. 16 days. East Sussex Coroner recorded verdicts of accidental death. And it reads like this. An elderly couple died of carbon monoxide poisoning after lighting a barbecue in their home to keep warm during a power cut, an inquest heard. Grandparents Patrick and Marianne Charles, 78 and 74, were without heating during a blackout on a cold November night last year. The couple, who had been married 53 years, sat down in their conservatory in Eastbourne, East Sussex, with a glass of wine each, and fired up the barbecue to heat the room. What? The conservatory quickly... Quickly filled with smoke, and within minutes, the couple were unconscious after choking on the fumes. The couple lay dead for 16 days before their son, Andrew Charles, raised the alarm on December 11th, and police searched the property. Hastings Magistrates Court heard maintenance work by the U.K. Power Networks caused the power cut, the inquest was told. Mr. Charles said his parents often went on holiday abroad. Neighbors said they the pair kept themselves to themselves. So it was not unusual for them to keep 
without weeks of contact with anybody else. The Sun's statement to the hearing read, They loved their holidays, faithful friends, and their grandchildren. They were happy and in love after 53 years of marriage. Also, they're not fans of barbecue anymore. I mean, if I've told you once, I've told you seven times. We can, we want to grow the art and sport of barbecue and grilling. The passion, the desire, all this good stuff. That's why I say don't go out and buy the crappy $70 Brinkman bullet smoker with no vent adjustments on the bottom and no vent on the top to control draft because you're going to have a really crappy product that's going to turn into a planter. And end up on your tree lawn within 30 days. And then you're out. You Screw barbecue. I'm done with that. It's impossible. Well, yeah, because you got a crappy piece. Same thing here. I mean, this couple, 78 and 74 years old. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you know, they were perhaps getting ready to have, you know, little uh, little get-down session. Yeah. Hey, uh, Marianne. I know it's uh, cold up in the house. I know it's cold up in the uh, flat here. Why don't you uh, pour us a couple glasses of the uh, finest Chardonnay? I'm going to go fire up the grill so we can stay warm. I mean, it sounded like... They might be getting ready to have a little get-on time, if you know what I mean, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. A little get-on time. But hey, you live and learn. Now you're going to know. Next time the power goes out, England. Is this thing on? England. Next time the power goes out in the cold... And you're married, or you have a lover, or you can go rent a price. You know, take the clothes off, get under blankets, and get around each other for a little bit of the human heat. Don't light the grill. Bad idea. People die over that. Literally, people die over that. Matt Dalton coming up out of the break, believe it or not. Public service announcement from my friend and yours, the guy who fixed this ring right there, Stephen DeFranco of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Booyah! Uh, Folks, maybe you didn't know, Mother's Day coming. Don't screw it up like you did Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day, all that stuff. Visit Stephen DeFranco's website if you're not local here in Cleveland, stephendefranco.com. That's stephendefranco.com. Pick out a watch, pick out a ring, pick out necklaces, anklets, bracelets. He's got a bunch of other specialty stuff that you probably never even heard about that he can get you deals on. You call him, 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. Tell him what you found. Well, ask him for him by name. When somebody answers the phone, say, hey, is this Steve? No, this is not Steve. I need Steve. All right. I'll get Steve. Steve comes on the phone. Say, hey, Steve, I'm a barbecue brother or sister. I listen to Greg every Tuesday. He tells me to call you. I'm finally calling you. Here's what I'm looking at. What can you tell me? He's going to ask you a bunch of questions. He's going to make sure he's putting you in the right piece of jewelry, making sure we're fitting budgets and we're emoting feelings that are proper, all that good stuff. 
because he wants to take care of you this time, next time, the time after that, all the way through your life for crying out loud. That's what he wants. Customers for life. That's what we're trying to get here at Stephen DeFranco's. Again, the website is stephendefranco.com, 440-943-2700. 440-943-2700. That is my man, Stephen DeFranco of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. All right, we are back. With Matt Dalton of Left Coast Q coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills. Use mine this weekend, did you? Manufacturers some of the best pellet cookers on the market today. If you are looking for a big cooker, to house a lot of food, they got one for you. How about a medium-sized cooker? Because you're not as big as me. They got you covered there, too. Something to take on tailgates. Yeah, they got that, too. Even ones that you can power through the inverter or the car charger in your car. They can also supply you with premium pellets as well. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. I love mine. You can love your own as well. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. All right, my next guest, fresh off a win this past weekend in Wildemar, California. Here to recap the event and the win this past weekend is the pitmaster of Left Coast Q. Help me rejoin in welcoming Matt Dalton back to the show. Matt, how are you, buddy? Good, Greg. How are you doing? Doing absolutely fabulous, brother, man. Appreciate you uh, taking the time and uh, joining the show this evening. So uh, been a little bit since we've had you on, and I uh, wanted to kind of get you back up and, A, I guess, you know, relive uh, this past weekend. But, uh, you know, perhaps before we do that, uh, you know, you've been on the show before in uh, Grand Championship style. And, you know, I don't know if this show does justice enough. I'm certainly not singling you out, but I uh, I appreciate the, the fact that you come with a honest tone each and every time, uh, whether it be on the air or through the Facebooks and so forth. So, you know, you you've you've seen success. You've seen a lot of success quick. And then, you know, you've you've also seen the other side of the barbecue bitch. And, you know, from yeah, from yeah. your perspective, uh, you know, how are you able to balance where the winning is and then kind of the the, the, uh, the the elevator down, if you will, and then starting to take the ride back up? Oh, well, you know, it, it, it's a tough it's a tough road. I'll tell you that, especially after doing well, you know, in 2013, we auto to the jack. Uh, we won eight grands that year. I mean great year standout year we only cooked 24 contests and uh, we finished seventh in the country um i still feel we're that kind of a team but uh, uh we had switched cookers and uh we just couldn't get it to work to be honest with you and uh it didn't work for us we went back to our old cooker and uh, everything kind of came back in line so uh i guess that just proves to ourselves and you know <clears throat> we tried to make things we tried to make things easier for ourselves, okay? 
but we're not there for easy. We're there to win. So even if it's a little bit harder, a little bit more, you know, effort, uh, you know, we need to do it wins. And, uh, that's what we did. We went back to what won for us. So what, what was the cooker, you know, what was uh-huh. the cooker that you started with? Our Jack's old South. It's basically, it was built by a guy, Jim Maxey, I believe, uh, Southern Georgia. We picked it up, you know, and we've been, we were cooking on that from the day we started competition barbecue. So, um, we went away from that, and uh, what did you go to? We went to an old we went to an old Hickory HBP model, and it was a, a convection cooker that runs on charcoal. You know, that's a lot less airflow. Uh, you know, this this Jack's Old South is a big pig stick burner. You know, and that's really you know like a friend of mine, Luton. You know, Smitty. He, he says Luton Booty. He says you've got an old soul, Matt. You know, <laughs> like uh, you know. A lot of so many people told us to go back to it. It's unbelievable, but you know, you're just you, you're hard headed. You want to make things work your way, you know. And uh, oh well, we learned the hard way. You know what I mean? But uh, we know what to put in the box, and uh, you know, this last weekend proved that. Uh, can you specifically go back and point to the fact that it was you know really cooker related, or were you also dabbling uh, in any type of a profile situation as well? Maybe somewhat, you know, I changed a few things, but, you know, when you start, it's like you start tweaking one thing, and then and it's like you, you don't want to get too far away from center line, you know. Um, but we we went back to it in uh, at the end of December in Vegas, and we finished third overall there. So, yeah, I felt like, boom, you know. And we hadn't cooked on it in a year, you know, or over that. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, and then we, we finished uh, fifth or sixth at the guinea pig, and then we went to Havasu. We got no calls but finished 11th of 97. And we hit, I know, I mean, I look at these some of these tables, and we hit, you know, a couple bad tables there, and I'm not going to take away. So, but I, I think I had cooked one of my better briskets there in Havasu, and uh, I, it, it tasted very similar this weekend in was first place. So, uh, you know. I, I don't think the other cooker is a bad cooker at all. I think it's fantastic. I think the company's fantastic. The people that are behind it, great guys. Um, if I was going to open a restaurant, that's the cooker that would be in it. Matt Dalton, the pitmaster of Left Coast Q, joining me here on the show. The website, Left Coast, letter Q, if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Uh, Matt, uh, let's go ahead and, and take a look back at Will DeMar, and I believe, if uh, memory serves me correctly, uh, the last time I had you on the show, this was the competition you won, right? Absolutely. It was our first GC. So this was uh, like almost kind of like a back-to-back situation, right? <laughs> yeah! All right! Well, it. It, it had been a couple years in between, you know. Uh, that was 2012, I believe. Semantics. But, uh, you know, it, yeah, that was the first time we won after seven reserve grants and then you know after this long ass stretch now boom we're on again so thanks for having me on <laughs> yeah absolutely Mars um, hold a little special spot in my heart so. as as well it should so as you look back yeah. over the weekend you know you've been you know kind of revving up to this point you know was there anything on the outset that kind of had you feeling like this was going to be the breakthrough the glass weekend or anything out of the ordinary that you had to contend with that you didn't plan for um, no, not really. Uh, just, you know, a lot of thinking about <clears throat> what I'm going to do to get back on top. Uh, really <laughs> had a lot of time to think. And, uh, actually I had 
really I had a one I usually cook four pork butts and I had a two pack that was uh twenty seven pounds, which was probably <laughs> the biggest two pack I've ever cooked. So you you could imagine like over thirteen pound, you know, pork butts. Well one of them has this gigantic money muscle on it, which actually was the one I ended up turning in. It was huge, biggest one I had ever cooked. So it just ended up that part of it, the pork really ended up being a really good piece. Um, that I just, it, it, it was really moist. So it was almost tender loin like. So, um, the brisket was really good. The SRS, you know, Anelli usually hooks it up really good with that, but, uh, nothing really out of the ordinary. I didn't really feel too good about the ribs, of course. And there, you know, those got called, but, uh, the chicken, okay, go, go, go. I didn't want to get ahead of you. No, I was going to say, I mean, when you, when you look at, the results the only thing that you probably shouldn't have felt good about was the chicken and you probably felt pretty good about that too i imagine i absolutely did uh and i know i mean i don't i i didn't look at the sheet but i kind of my buddy knows like when he dropped the tray the teams that were on that table um are really good chicken cooks and uh no one really did very good and i don't want to call it table death but kind of you know maybe they just didn't score it very high i didn't like it I thought it was really good. I actually took, uh, when we were cleaning up, I took a little tray out. There was five pieces left, and they I, I should have took a picture of it in the sun. I mean, it looked just as good as it did when I turned it in, but um, I threw it in the trash and moved on. We had won the contest. So. <laughs> when, you, uh, when you don't get a call in chicken, I know a lot of cooks that I have on say, man, you get that first call in uh-huh. chicken, it sets the mood. Um, does, yes. does it feel like you're stumbling a little bit, or is it easy to oh, just absolutely. pass through? absolutely. It was yeah. really weird. I was, I was standing next to this guy, Dave Malone, veteran cook, and he had judged that day, and he goes, oh, my gosh, that was a really weird set of chicken calls. And But one of them that stood out in my mind was Thank the Lord, who was a reserve grand. So that was in my mind. I know he was up there. so um, But it was just, you know, kind of all over the place in a way. So, yeah, uh, chicken, I, I was like, oh, my gosh. Because I felt it was really good, you know. So then you get ribs, second in ribs overall. So, you know, only mm-hmm. one place better than that. Uh, did you feel yeah. that the ribs were uh, on point? I thought they were cooked really good. Uh, and the flavor, I had changed one little thing uh, during the wrap, and uh, they came out a lot better. Uh, so I was happy with them. <laughs> and I was I had called my teammate Mo uh, the, other, the night, before uh, Thursday night, I was like, I don't think these ribs are too good, man. <laughs> so, of course, that's what happens every time that <clears throat> kind of karma type thing or, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, coincidence. Or Usually anyway. when the pitmaster doesn't like it, that's when you're going to get your best scores, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you win pork first, you win brisket yeah. first. So three of the four, well, two of the four you win. The third one you get second. You don't know where you're at it with chicken. I mean, do you, when you don't get the call, do you just do like most pit masters and think you shit the bed on chicken, or do you think you're just right there kind of just outside the, the top ten? I was just hoping we were right outside. But, I mean, with two first place and a second place, you know, and then he had called Reserve Grand and said they had a score over 700. And, and, and thank the Lord had already had three calls. So, and he called him for reserve grant. So I'm kind of thinking I've been to enough of these contests. I'm, I was <laughs> damn well hoping it was us. <laughs> you know. 
So you get the call for overall grand, uh, again, the two first place, yeah. the second, and, uh, you know, the chicken. Um, you know, some of the uh, emotions that kind of get to wash back over you as, you know, you revisit yeah. the uh, championship circle again. Absolutely. You know, it's just a humbling experience to not, not – a, a whole year was a wash. And then finally, you know, like we only, we've only done a couple, couple this year, and it was still like – a few more little tweaks and finally, you know, it hit. And I, you know, it's a humbling experience to stand on the top again after you rode the so-called barbecue elevator. Uh, and I didn't make that term up. I think it's my Katie's might've made that up. I, I'm not <laughs> sure, but that's what I like to call it. Cause it really is. And it's one humbling ride. <laughs> Matt Dalton, pitmaster of left coast Q joining me here on the show, uh, kind of recapping the Wildemar experience this past weekend, uh, where they took grand champion. I was talking with Mike Lindley a couple shows ago, uh, Matt, and Absolutely. he had said, Hey, you know, I got my first grand. And then of course he was on the show Tuesday. He went back the following week and won again. So he had two in a row and, I'm like, man, you're you're riding the wave, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, now I've gone from, what do I need to do to win to what the hell did I just do so I can keep winning? Uh, are you in mm-hmm. a position now where you know you've won enough that you're going to be able to just go back and and be in that spot where you think you're going to be able to to repeat at this point, or is there still a little bit oh. of you know wondering? Oh God, Greg, uh, I mean, <laughs> this contest, okay, well, uh, there's a lot leading up to Nevada. We've won chicken two years in a row there, so. I mean, I didn't. I know nothing was wrong with our chicken. You know, just whatever. That's barbecue. So, not changing a, a thing with that. And actually, I had I had changed my pork and my brisket boxes. So actually, I feel probably more dialed than ever. I'm not trying to jinx jinx myself here, but exactly what he's saying that I'm not changing anything. You're just gonna. Tr- we're just gonna try to do the same thing, and uh, hope for the best. You know, but. Uh, we were pretty close to, you know, we, we had some, you know, we cracked over 700, um, which was really good. And, and we've done well in Nevada before at, at that contest in the speed. So, um, and it's, and it's a very nice payday. So I'd love to, I'd really love to win it. So it looks like there was also an ancillary category during this competition in beef ribs, which you were able to ping off a nice 180 on beef ribs. Uh, so not factored into the KCBS portion of it, I uh, I would imagine. But uh, what no. kind of uh, what kind of beef ribs? Uh, I mean, I'm a beef rib guy. I mean, you see the big like beef chuck ribs, and then you see the other ones that kind of look like uh, a little bit bigger than baby back type beef ribs. What uh, right. which ones do you cook? They were the beef chuck, and basically, <clears throat> you can find these very easily if you ask the right people. Uh, we just got these at our local Stater Brothers, which is a Southern California chain. Uh, you just go in there and you tell them you want uncut short ribs like that you would use for braising. Um, and they have a ton of meat on the top. They have about an inch, an inch and a half of meat on them. And I've been practicing uh, those beef ribs. I don't know. I had probably done six or eight racks of those beef ribs before I did that contest. Uh, and then I had that kind of idea because I like whiskey, you know. So I got the glasses and I put the big giant ice cubes in there and then we got the airline size, you know, whiskey bottles and laid it out kind of like if uh, we were going to turn it in at the Jack or something, you know, um, except with the exception of seven, you know, I could only fit six on the, on the thing. I wanted to do it so many different ways, but when you have the meat in front of you, uh, 
and then to lay it out, it's much harder than what's in your mind, you know what I mean, until you build it. So uh, it really looked cool. Um, I'm just glad all the judges liked it, and we got rewarded for it. So how do you how do you go about cooking at them? If you could do like a little uh, you know beef rib cooking uh, class, I know a lot of I people get intimidated. Very similar to pork. So I, I mean, basically, I cook those to my my uh, my brisket profile, set the bark, use my brisket wrap, meat side down like if I was cooking pork, till they were probe tender, pull them out of there, let them air dry, let that bark reset, hit them with sauce, cut them. That was it. Do you do you cook them at a different temperature? What's that? You cook them at a different temperature in the pit? Nope. They were on the pit right next to the pork rib. Well, because I was running them side by side. I had eight eight racks of pork ribs on there too, so I mean I was I was fitting those into the timeline. So they had to go on, you know. Uh, what time did I, I think I put them on at nine o'clock or eight. yeah? I mean, I tried to time them out to where they only sat for maybe a half hour or less, just to kind of because you know there's a lot of meat on those. Yeah. Just kind of let it rest a little bit and let all that juice come back. What temperature do you run the pit at? Uh, between two seventy five and three hundred. Right. We usually once when we first start out and have the big meat on, we're we're pretty high. Rocking and rolling, but I like to drop it down to right around there, 275 when I put the ribs on. Everything's on the top shelf. It's a water cooker, so there's a bottom shelf and there's a top shelf, but excuse me, I run everything on the top. Uh, Matt Dalton joining me. Convection. Yeah, Matt Dalton joining me here on the show, uh, Left Coast Q Pitmaster. Matt, if I could uh, ask you one more question here before we uh, wrap it up. You had mentioned in the pork, you know, you had two huge butts and one of them had a uh, tremendous money muscle associated with it. So, uh, I, I, right. I, you know, I hate to show my ass here and, and not know where, where the rule is, but are you, are, are you allowed to cut out the money muscle now and cook it separately, or does it still have to kind of, like, remain attached, or how does that go about um, it? No, you have to leave it attached, I believe, until it's cooked. But this one, I, I haven't changed my process since this whole thing has started. I have what I have done sometimes is if it's gotten done, I have gone in there. You can go in now and cut it off and leave the rest of the butt going, um, which basically it's supposed I mean, if you have two really good butts, then you don't really need any more pork. That's kind of what it's trying to make it cheaper. Um, but like this one, I didn't cook it any differently. I had them all wrapped up. When that money muscle was done, I pulled the whole butt off. So you, because I had three other butts on there, so and, and I knew that one was like the, it was like I said, it was the biggest one I ever had. It was almost a foot long. Do you is that what you turn in though? I mean, is it just money muscle for you, or you do no. some pulled and some chopped and stuff? I do, I do two different kinds of meat. Hmm. What do you? Uh, yep. I'm, I'm asking just for myself, but what uh, what temperature do you take the money muscle to? I take it to well, it's. It's not really. I, I take it to a pro field, roughly like maybe one ninety ish, one ninety two. Yeah. But I, I, I go for the feel. Once it starts getting loose, you can almost grab them. Once they get, uh, once you've cooked a lot of butts, you, you start knowing. Um, but I've stood over a lot of uh, famous shoulders, you know, and and, and watched. So. Um, yeah, it's all by feel, really. You know, getting it around there, 
but it's it's all I, I really use just the thermopan by like seal and i and it, once it starts getting loose i always let it go a little bit longer because every meat tenses up so that's my theory on it um I, I really do cook by feel, but it's one a little over 190. And you're going to be at Mesquite next? Mesquite, Long Beach, Bakersfield. Yeah, those those three are uh, – that that starts, uh, let's see, May 2nd. Yeah, we're going to hit it hard there in May and uh, June. We full schedule every weekend in June. So, yeah. A lot of cooks About coming to get up. it going. There he goes. Uh, Matt Dalton is the pit master of Left Coast Q, uh, just winning grand champion out at the uh, Wildemar, California barbecue event. Matt, appreciate the time tonight. Congratulations again on the win. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, Greg. Thank you very much. I just want one one last thing. I want yep. to thank all my sponsors, uh, Big Papa Smokers, uh, Simply Marvelous Barbecue, Woodshed, uh, <clears throat> and uh, SRF. All right. You. you got it. There he is. Matt Dalton, Left Coast Q, thanking his sponsors as a good uh, NASCAR. That's what people need, man. If you are on the show, if I ask you to come on the show and do a, uh, a segment, and you're sponsored, you know, leave yourself some time to uh, to shout them out. You know me, I'm sponsored. I mean, I can give myself time, but get them in, man. Come on, get them in. Who's this? Oh, yeah, right. Forget it. By the way, uh, Matt Boer won the sauce contest. Matt, send me your shipping information. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. All right, gang, if you are like me, it's stepping up the barbecue and grilling game. And what have I been talking to you about for weeks with this guy? It's put your barbecue in the grilling oil. Who has tried them yet? Who has said, ah, he's just sitting there yapping his mouth for two and a half minutes about this stuff that he has never tried. But simply put, uh, I'm in reorder mode at this point. Uh, I am now 100% through the butter-flavored grilling oil. I am now 100% through the Chipotle, I'm sorry, through the uh, steakhouse-flavored grilling oil. I am 85% uh, away from, or I'm 85% through the Chipotle-flavored. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I will reorder because I am a big believer in this product. I like it. I did ribs. That's how I finished the butter flavored grilling oils was uh, putting them in the ribs during the wrap process. Uh, Dave, it worked exactly like he said it was. And I did notice because before when I would use the ribs, I have no access to this parquet that everybody but me has access to. I can't find it anywhere. No squeeze bottle butter for this guy. Uh, I use butter like hand-rolled butter at the local market, and I cut it off, I set it down, and I flip over my rack, and I put the meat side down on the butter, and I cut up some more butter and put it on the bone side, and I wrap it up in foil and add my brown sugar and some other stuff. I noticed the mouthfeel and that texture difference that Dave talked about immediately. Now, maybe some of the less cultured palates in the house didn't notice, but flavor-wise and texture-wise... If nothing else has sold me on the grilling oil, believe me, everything else has. So this is just icing on the cake. It is the fact that this can replace that parquet stuff, the blue bottle, if you will. And let me tell you something. 
the best thing about grilling oil, as I've said each and every week over the last couple weeks, is it stays right out on the shelf, shelf stable. So you can see it. You're visually attracted to it. You keep it there by the stove. You keep it there by the oven. You take it out with you on the grill. You can use it, use it, use it. It's great. Hook up with it now. Grilling oils from Butcher Barbecue. That's uh, butcherbbq.com. That's butcherbbq.com. When you go to the website, go to products or store, I believe, and you'll see them featured right there at the very front. Hook up with multiples of each. You'll be happy that you did. All right, we are back with R&R Barbecue Team as we recap the Sands. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living, the women, the whiskey, craziness. All right, we are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Thanks again to Matt Dalton for joining me on the show this past segment. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show brought to you by cookingpellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. It's good folks over at cookingpellets.com. All right, helping me close the show out tonight, the team that took the latest Sam's Club local win in Salt Lake City this past weekend. They will head to the regional round in a few weeks to see how they stack up against the rest of the local qualifiers in hopes of moving on to Bentonville for the finals. Here to recap the win and the weekend, let's welcome Roger and Rod Livingston of R&R Barbecue Team. Gents, how are we this evening? Thanks so much for joining me. Great. How you doing today? Uh, doing absolutely fabulous. It's uh, Roger and Rod Livingston of uh, R&R Barbecue. Trying to, but these guys trying to squeeze yeah, in together. Are you guys twins or what? Yeah, we are. All right. Nice. I'm a twin, too. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a twin, too. But I'm a, you guys are more identical than not. Yeah, I'm confused right now. Yeah, I'm a fraternal twin, uh, so I'm glad my brother isn't here. You just think that perhaps we were, weren't even related. That's how much we don't look alike. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to tell in pictures sometimes. Yeah, that's all right. Um, all right, boys. So uh, we had a weekend, did we, in uh, Salt Lake City? This uh, where are you guys based out of? Are you in the Utah area or what? Yeah, we're downtown Salt Lake City. Um, I, I guess right off the top of my head, uh, you know, Salt Lake City doesn't necessarily jump out as a barbecue mecca that a lot of people would know. So. Uh, maybe either, uh, you know, Roger or Rod, you could uh, kind of weigh in on where you see and feel barbecue in Salt Lake City right now. Well, you know, over the last five, six years, we probably get three or four good contests a year here with, you know, teams of 30 apiece. Um, last couple of years has kind of died off a little bit. Five, six years ago, it used to be pretty strong. Not real strong, not like Texas or California or Arizona. That That's mainly where we started at, was cooking a lot of Arizona contests in Colorado and a few up in Idaho also. But there's there's a lot of good teams here that are really coming along that have, you know, several grand champions. All right, uh, Rod, if you could maybe explain how uh, you and Roger got into competition barbecue, maybe who introduced it to you, or was it just something that you saw on television, or how do you get into that mess? You know, actually, my family from Missouri, Arkansas, and such uh, were pig farmers and stuff, and we'd go to family reunions, 
we'd eat pulled pork, catfish, hush puppies, that kind of stuff. So a lot of good Southern cooking. And uh, so we've always had a taste for it uh, and exposed to, you know, these old guys would cook all night and just wonder, hey, what are those guys doing? You know, we're just little boys and developed a liking to that. But we've always enjoyed cooking. And uh, then, then in about seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, uh, Pat Barbara, Pat's Barbecue was a good friend of ours, and I did a favor for him. And he said, hey, you got to take my big old smoker. I think it was a... Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Oklahoma it Joe's. Oklahoma Joe's Smoker. Here, take this home, use it. I did. My wife saw me with it, drinking a beer on the side of the garage, and she said, you're going to get one of these, aren't you? <laughs> and we did. So uh, d- are you guys originally from Arkansas, then? No, we're two surfers from California. I was U.S. Boy Surfing Champion. Roger placed high in a lot of contests, too, and we migrated to Utah in 89, and Roger did about five years later. And and you guys have a barbecue restaurant out there. Yeah, we've had a restaurant. Just uh, April 2nd was our second year anniversary, and it's gone really well. It's I mean, just incredible. We've almost outgrown our space, and right now we're having another location under contract. We're working on the designs on that. Uh, obviously, business is going well. Uh, did you find Salt Lake City to be kind of a, a, an aggressive, wanting palate for some good barbecue out there? Yeah, you know, Pat's Barbecue, which was on Diners, Drivers, and Dives, he probably is the most notable one. And you've got your other chains here, like Dickie's and um, Famous Dave's and stuff. But Pat's has pretty much been the leader the last few years. And then uh, and then he's the one who kind of got us started also in contests, like Rodney said or whatever, and got us in a backyard contest. And then we went to one up in Snowbird. But, um, you know, just the last couple of years, and especially since we've opened up, there was nothing downtown for people to come in and eat at. So we've really been accepted well out here. Uh, Rod, have you guys, I'm going to transition here, and I apologize, but, you know, I'm uh, terrible at segues. Uh, did you guys uh, do the Sam's Club events at all in previous years, or is this your uh, first year into it? No, we've done it before. We've been to the Nationals twice, so two out of four times we made it out of Las Vegas. The last two years we didn't. Um, you know, we had the shop going and weren't quite as focused as we should have been. Um, last year, I just I didn't think we cooked our best. I think we ended up like 13th or 14th, but we did make it to the Nationals twice, and we ended up in the middle of the pack, the, kind of the mid-20s, I believe. All right, so uh, this past weekend, you uh, head out to uh, Salt Lake City and take part in the local qualifiers, so top six teams move on. Uh, Roger, is this a, a position where you've seen success? You've made it to nationals. That you know you only have to be well, not only, but you have to be you know six or better in order to move on to the regional round. Do you wanna do you wanna just get in the top six to move on, or well, you just wanna go in and win? Two weeks ago, we cooked in Reno, and we ended up seventh overall. And because uh, Rhythm and Q uh, placed uh, the week earlier, we were able to move up, and that qualified us for uh, Las Vegas. But last year, we did win Grand Champion here in Salt Lake, so it's actually a back-to-back championship that we won. So this is obviously uh, you know, a, a nice place for you to, to cook, and you've uh, been seeing some success there in Salt Lake. Uh, going back-to-back, and is it at all nice to know, because when you look through some of these Sam's uh, locals, you get through, and maybe the regional isn't for like five months from now, and maybe you're not a team that competes a lot, so there isn't a lot of momentum to build on. But here, you're, you know, you've had your local, you're going to have the regional here in a couple of weeks. I mean, obviously the final stretches out a little bit, but to have the first two under your belt, is it? Would you rather have it this close together, or do you mind if it's, uh, you know, strung out a little bit over the course of the summer? 
Well, I like the um, the regional being, you know, pretty close. We used to do 15, 20 contests. We've been to the Jack a couple times. So we've done as, you know, 15, 20 contests in a, in a year. But, um, you know, I don't know. I think we're better cooks than we were two years ago. We From having the restaurant, we steadied the meat a little bit more. Um, I think people, you know, we did well pretty right off the bat. But I think from really studying the meat, we're better cooks now than we were then. Uh, we came back from last week or two weeks ago being seventh and finished first this one. And another team said to us, hey, two weeks ago, we know you finished seventh and you wouldn't let that happen again, meaning that we kind of got all the rust off the wheels and we we're going to come on strong. And, you know, not really a complete effort to do that, but we did correct a lot of our mistakes. And, and we've done well in a lot of contests before, and we hope to do well in the regionals, and we really hope to make it back to the nationals again. Uh, Roger, if you could take me back through the weekend and, and kind of tell me on a high level how you think the cook went and if there was anything out of the ordinary that you guys had to contend with that you weren't planning on. Now, you know, everything went, for the most part, pretty well. Um, one thing we did a little bit different this time, we had someone stay up and watch our smoker from 1 to 5 o'clock in the morning, which helped out quite a bit. We went to this contest really prepared. Usually, and, and, and this is typical, anyone that knows us or cooks around us, we're always running to the store, even though our the Sam's Club was like a mile and a half from our uh, from our restaurant. We had to run back two or three times. So, but once we got settled in Friday night, everything was pretty good. You know, woke up in the morning, we fire up our smoker. We smoke on an East Texas smoker, and uh, we've been using they you know, sponsor us, and we've been using their smoker ever since we started. But uh, first thing right off the bat was our chicken, and when we're doing our chicken, how how we work as a team together. I do all the long meats and Ronnie does the short meats. But when we're getting ready to turn out in the chicken, I kind of noticed that it didn't quite have enough flavor on the bottom of the chicken. You know, cook it upside down, turn it over, put, you know, put a little rub on there. But when I took a bite through the skin and started chewing a little bit, I realized that it seemed like the chicken didn't have enough flavor in the meat. So that's one of the little things that we we're worried about. And then, uh, of course, ribs. You know, you never know how our ribs are going to go. Most 90% of the time, we end up pretty well on our ribs. I and, resent that. My ribs turn out good a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. No, I said they, all, they, they always turn out good. First place but, ribs this weekend, right, Rod? There you go. Oh, they were phenomenal. I mean, I was really yeah. happy with them. I didn't want to be too excited after the turn-in because you don't want to, you know, eat crow afterwards. But I was really excited about them. And the week before, I did well. I think I did fourth or fifth or something. Right. So. My, the, the reason in uh, Bentonville we got seventh and my pork and brisket just weren't up to par. And usually it takes me one contest Bentonville. or – no, I mean, uh, not Benville, Reno. Uh, Reno. Um, it takes me a little bit to get back to that feel of the brisket, to know right when it's done, to know uh, not overcook the pork, break it apart, perfect. So, yeah, I mean, I'll take the, 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 the blame for Reno not going as good as we planned. So, I mean, you guys are uh, brothers, uh, identical twin brothers, which is a whole different brother category. You are team members. You're on two different parts of the category spectrum. I mean, I have to imagine as manly men around smoke and fire and potentially some adult libations at some point, uh, has has there ever any, been any type of um, chippiness yeah, between you guys? Uh, you know, if, if somebody feels like the, the other has dropped the bag at some point? Yeah, that, that happened out in Reno, and I kind of got... I kind of made it a too big of a joke, and he didn't like it very much, But because I got, a, I think, a fourth and a sixth, and he got a 15th and 13th. And when they said, R&R, you're going to uh, uh, Vegas, I said, I'm taking somebody else. And yeah, he thinks he's funny. 
Real funny, Rod. <laughs> but so, we have a whole little thing we can go over about who's done what. No, so we're not, not going, going to. No, no, let's not go there. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously. There, there's... Worms, buddy. Yeah, people that we used to cook before, we've tamed it down a little bit. But uh, I beat 30 and those guys would say out of Arizona, like, how in the frig do you guys win contests when you're fighting all night long and then you still win? How do you do that? So that's that's just kind of the nature of being fighting fighting brothers and twins and you know one being a lot better cook than the other. Yeah, right. Yeah. So obviously we'll leave that to whoever's discretion on who the better one is, right? Um, when it comes, so obviously you know you guys have delineated the meats between each other. So you know uh, Roger or Rod, if you're not responsible for the other two meats, I mean, are you still? Do you feel like you would still be able to do very well on those, or are you really just honed in on the two that you're responsible for, and, and that's no, where you feel best? I think we can go back and forth. He's gone to California, where we're from, and competed down there with some big teams and ended up third or fourth or fifth or something like that, just completely on his own. And um, I mean, we're both confident in, in all four meets, but we've just that way we've saved a lot of fights of like not asking or jumping in, and that way each person has total control of the meat. As opposed to, I thought you were watching it. I thought you were watching it. You know, don't tell me, you know. So it just cuts down a lot of uh, argument, arguing. Uh, Roger and Rod Livingston joining me here, the pitmasters of R&R Barbecue team. Uh, will you guys be doing anything prior to the uh, regional final in Vegas, or are you guys tuned up right now and ready to go? I think we're ready to go. We really don't do a lot of practice cook for some reason. We just It just doesn't work out for us. And, you know, we have eight grand champions, and we've never done – very, very little practice cooks at homes. I'm just waiting to go to Vegas, and then I go to Indonesia on a surf trip uh, that next Monday. So I'm, I'm getting excited to go. Dude, you're, you're a surfer for real, right? Yeah, I was U.S. Boys Surfing Champion. I was 15. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, like, uh, sessions and waves and all this, like, that's terminology that you use, like, every day. Well, probably not in Salt Lake so much. <laughs> yeah barrel riding and tubed and dude and all that stuff yeah nice all right uh and you're you're a surfer too right roger oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. rodney's done better i'll admit that he can surf a contest better than i can i get all choked up yeah well uh man that's uh it's crazy surfers doing the uh, barbecue thing in salt lake city and winning as well and they're going to be heading to the regional finals in Las Vegas in just two weeks' time. Uh, but before I let you go, uh, please plug the restaurant and anything else here before I turn you loose. Sure. R&R Barbecue. It's in Salt Lake City on 3rd South and uh, I mean 6th South, 300 West. And I want to thank our sponsor, East Texas Smoker. He's hauled uh, equipment all over the United States for us to the Sam's Nationals, the Jack Daniels. We're hauling our big smoker out to uh, Las Vegas, and he's just been really good to us, and we appreciate it. All right. Again, this is Roger and Rod Livingston of R&R Barbecue Team. Uh, guys, really appreciate the visit tonight. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, and a yep. shout-out to our friend Matt at Left Coast. Matt Dalton, baby. Yeah. All right, guys. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much. There they are. Wow, man. Can I have them on each and every week? Energy. Hello. Let's bring it. Wow, they're bringing it strong tonight, boys. They're bringing it strong tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Roger and Rod, surfers turned. I thought, I thought they said they grew up in Arkansas with pig farmers. No, were they not pig farmers? Grandfathers were pig farmers. Maybe they were just visiting. 
All right, folks, uh, are you interested in taking barbecue or smoked foods to the next level? Have you thought about starting a catering business, opening a food truck, or a restaurant? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, let Cook Shack help you be successful. Register for Cook Shack's Fast Eddie Restaurant and Catering class. It'll be held in July. This class is held at the Country Club in Ponca City, Oklahoma. uses their FEC commercial kitchen. You will see how to cook on a Cook Shack charbroiler, FEC 500, FEC 120, and an SM160. All smokers used during the class will be available to purchase at a special rate for participants at that class. The class has a classroom portion and a hands-on portion. If you want to handle the meat, the rubs, the knives, this is a class for you. Each student will learn how to select proper meat cuts and trim the brisket, pork butt, ribs, and chicken. Other topics to be discussed include menu items, cook and hold techniques, food safety, brining, profitability, and yields. Also includes setup of a dinner service and then working the serving line for the patrons of the country club. The instructors for this legendary event are the legendary Fast Eddie Ed Morin, Barbecue Pitmaster TV show finalist Dave Bosco, Butcher Barbecue Competition Cooking Team, and Cook Shack CEO President Stuart Powell, also the uh, Cook Shack Pitmaster of their competition team. Each student will receive a binder with class materials, the supplies, and other goodies to take home. It also includes three nights of hotel, meals, and a tour of the Cook Shack's manufacturing facility. Class dates are July 13th and 14th. Class size is limited to 25 students, so sign up today. I think there's only like 15 left. So if you want to take this class, get on it right now. For more information, contact Krista with Cook Shack, 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. You can also email her at C underscore Jones. That's C underscore Jones at CookShack.com. Get on that class. About 15 spots left. Don't want to miss that. All right. We are back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Let's go! I'm an outlaw, give me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. We can raise hell before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. If you don't like that, then you won't like me. I'm an outlaw. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966, Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Obviously, John Dawson listening in tonight. Sends me this note on grill deaths. Check out the manner of death Brad Delp, former frontman of the iconic 70s rock band Boston. Delp committed suicide sometime between 11 p.m. and 8 p.m. And... Oh, wait, sorry. Sometime between 11 p.m. on March 8th and 1.20 p.m. on March 9th, 2007, at age 55. He was found dead in his home on Academy Avenue in Atkinson, New Hampshire. From the smoke of two charcoal grills he lit inside his sealed master bathroom, which he placed in the bathtub. Wow. See, now, 
There's a difference, John. There is a difference there. Mr. Delp knew the side effects of lighting grills in a sealed master bathroom while taking his last hurrah cleansing. He was going for that. I don't think Ma and Pa Englands were pouring a glass of wine to relax themselves as they take their final inhales. They were just trying to stay freaking warm, dude. I'm just I'm just trying to stay warm, Martha. Hurry, light the grill and pour the wine. <laughs> Man, thoughts and prayers of the family out there in the Englands for those guys. It's got to be... Well, i got to say it's got to be a bad way to go, but it's not like the grill tipped over. They, they had kind of succumbed to the fumes but couldn't react, and then they burned to death because the flat burned down. That would be a bad way to go. Carbon monoxide, when you don't know about it, you've had some wine, you're like, oh, this is some pretty hot wine, dude. I'm already feeling it. Then you're out, and then you're, you know, dead. Uh-oh. It's below average regardless. All right, folks, let's wrap it up here. All the way back in the first hour for segment two and three, Meathead Goldwyn. We uh, talked about salt. We talked about how rub makers should take all of the salt out of their rubs. Take it out! In the second hour, we talked with Matt Dalton from Left Coast Q and his win at Wildemar, California. And then we ended the show with Roger and Rod Livingston of R&R Barbecue Team. And their win at the Sam's Club Local in Salt Lake City, Utah. Widely known for their uh, barbecue. That being uh, Salt Lake, not the Brothers Livingston. Obviously, they're known for their barbecue. All right, uh, if you have raw cast iron, season it each and every time for crying out loud. As it starts to cool, hit it with the grill brush. And then as it's cooling back down, a little Pam, maybe a little Crisco. Let it burn back in. Generations of rust-free service. Also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.